evening, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Talk Albion. Um, we've got a great episode for you lined up today. We're going to be talking about our recent games, our favourite strikers, and lots of other stuff as well. Um, today, I'm joined as ever by my dad, Matt. Hello, everyone, and uh, hiya, Josh. Nice to be with you again for this podcast. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, sorry about no releasing last week as an international break so we thought we'd save it for another week and here we are back our most recent game as you well know was against Manchester United um, unfortunately we lost the game 1-0 which I think a lot of people were expecting a loss but West Brom and United seem to go quite nicely in recent history um, but unfortunately it just wasn't our day Dad what did you make of the game? Oh on a number of levels, Josh, I think the refereeing was absolutely appalling. Um, I think we played really, really well. I think the, every single player can come off the pitch uh, with their heads held high. They really gave it a go. Uh, we hit the crossbar, granted the crossbar. Um, we, we had our chances. Uh, we limited United to a few. Um, Sam Johnson was outstanding. Um, it was a real, real good performance by the Baggies. Um, uh, apart from two absolutely crucial, well, three crucial decisions by the referee uh, that turned the game. First of all, awarding us a penalty and then uh, going to VAR and uh, denying it, uh, which I don't understand why, because he, the player absolutely took... Um, Gallagher, I think. Gallagher, Gallagher's feet from underneath him. Even if he touched the ball, he still went through, and it was a foul. It was, it was a, it was a, it was a foul, and it had to be a penalty. And I'm not just saying that because I'm Albion biased. Yeah, I would have said that. The same, virtually the same thing happened to, to Villa in the in the game earlier on in the day. Yeah. Um, and then within a couple of minutes, United go up to the other end of the field. Um, not only, again, was there a foul on Gallagher in the build-up, which the ref didn't even see or award, mm. um, the ball hits um, our player's arm, who was turning his back from the shot. So the ball actually hit him when he was turning. And the referee gives a penalty and without, without any, any doubt. You know, um, as, as we know, Johnson saves the first penalty only for the ref to um, decide to, uh, or should I say, Barr indicated that it should be retaken. And uh, of course, United score and go 1 0 up. Um, I'm very, very disappointed, very angry. Um, and I'm lost for words of what to say. Yeah, no, it was very disappointing and those all those decisions did play a part. I think with the the West Brom penalty incident, I think if it was anywhere else on the pitch, it would have been a free kick easily. VAR probably wouldn't have gotten involved because it wasn't a major decision. But I think I, I think I would have to say that the Manchester United goals probably were a penalty because I think if that happens, if West Brom have an incident where we shoot and it hits the defending team's um, I'd be going crazy saying that's Penrith, Penrith, Penrith. But so I can understand that. And 
with the current rules of the goalkeeper being off his line and stuff, it, it should have been retaken. Um, but at uh, the same at the same time, it's a why, stupid rule. I don't understand why that is a rule. But why why didn't the ref play for a foul against Gallagher in the build up to that play? Yeah. It, should, it shouldn't have been a, a penalty in the first place. Yeah, because there was a, a blatant foul on Gallagher, which the ref didn't even acknowledge. Yeah. Um, and within a split second, the ball's in the Albion penalty area. And uh, it's, I think it was um, um, Furlong's arm that, yeah. uh, that the ball struck. But it, in the build-up, there was, a, there was a blatant foul. It should never have been a penalty on, uh, in the first place because it should have been a foul awarded to the, to the Albion in, in the build-up. Yeah, uh, so. yeah. I don't know. I don't understand the rules of VAR and stuff, and when it can um, be used nowadays. Because it happened to us in the Chelsea game for their third and final. I think it was their third goal, or maybe it their was their third goal. goal. The, but a very similar incident where it, the ball hit one of their players' arms. No, but in even, the even to... so, there was there was a one of their Chelsea goals. There was a foul on. I think it, it might have either been Furlong or Livermore. I can't quite remember because it was a few. It was a month or two ago now but there was an incident where their our player got fouled in the build-up we should have had a free kick and then they went up and scored and it should have been brought back for a foul um and then there was also the incident where it hit kai i think it was kai habits's hand it drops kindly to him passes it to mount mount shoots johnson makes a great save but palms it to tammy abraham and then abraham scores so i just i don't understand what it is i think var at this stage can do one um, putting it politely, because it, it seems to be benefiting the top six. The higher you are in the league, typically, or the higher caliber club you are, the more likely decisions are going to go your way. And I think with West Brom at the minute, the league—I mean, I think so, it's biased here as an angry West Brom fan—but it looks like the league just doesn't want us to be there. And if we are going to survive, we're not going to have any help from the ref or anything unless we pay them off. Unfortunately, Josh, that's exactly the sentiment that we've had for the last twenty years that the the decisions seem to always go to the top six teams when you're playing them and um, despite the advances in technology that those biased decisions still seem to be going in the way of the top six teams and it's to be honest it's quite frankly disgusting because it's not a fair game um it's not a fair game at all and uh, if just to take the Chelsea game into consideration, which I still say we we deserve the three points from, um, and I, I do believe that we we deserve the the three points against United. It was a top class performance. Their penalty shouldn't have been a penalty, as should have been a penalty. I'm not saying we'd have scored it, but we were good for six points there. So we we Alvin at this point in time could be five points for the better off because we got a point against Chelsea. We should have had three. We should have had three against Man United. So, in all honesty, in my opinion, we should be five points better off than what we what the league table currently says we are at this moment in time. Because uh, our performances over the last couple of weeks have been um, exactly what we've all been asking for from the team. They've all pulled together, and um, there's no disgrace in that one nil lost to, to United at the weekend. Um, dis- very, very disappointed. A draw at the very, very least. 
would have been acceptable. Um, but I just felt that the referee in the VAR was totally against us in that match. And it co it's cost us a point in, or, or three points. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I, I would have absolutely loved it if West Brom had beaten United because I work very closely with the guy who supports United. So I would have loved to have gone in on Sunday night going, Wee, you lost to West Brom. But <laughs> unfortunately, I couldn't. I had to take it on the chin. But he, he yeah, he, he doesn't like VAR either. I don't think anyone does at the minute. No, it do, just doesn't seem to be working properly. Um, and it, it, at the moment, it's spoiling the game as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's, uh, you can't you can't celebrate a goal. You can't celebrate a penalty save. Um, you just never know what's going to happen. Um, yeah. So for me, it's a step backwards, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not a fan. I, I need to be convinced otherwise. I yeah, really do. I have I really to agree. There was um, I put a post out on um, on the Talk Albion page the other day asking about if people liked VAR, and someone put a really cool or interesting suggestion, and that we it should become a a challenge. You know how tennis and other sports use it as their like VAR equivalents as a challenge basis, where you yeah. know the the player will challenge a point. He made the same. This guy commented saying that why aren't we doing this with VAR? Why why can't the captain or the manager challenge what the referee says? Get a certain amount of challenges. If you get it right, you keep your challenges. If you lose one, you lose one of. If you don't get it right, you well, lose one of your challenges. So I don't understand why it's not being used as other sports use it and how it should be used. Because mm -hmm. the, yeah, the, I mean, the, the the guy in the VAR box just has too much power in the game when he's not on the pitch. He can't see how how it really is. Mm -hmm. They have a similar system like that in, in cricket, don't they, where they're allowed so many reviews. Um, each team captain, I think, is allowed, like, say, five reviews of um, if they think if, if there's been a, an out or a catch or something. But even if you look at rugby um, with their third umpire in the stand, they seem to have the, um, the right approach. With with their decision making, so um, considering it's the same company that is uh, providing this technology to football, then maybe we can rule out it's not the technology, but maybe it's the people that who are assessing these decisions that um, are not getting the decisions right. Um, I don't know my. Uh, I'm, Totally disillusioned with it. Seemed like a great idea when it got introduced, but they just even it, was, with that, it was working when it got introduced in the in tournaments like the World Cup and Euros and stuff. It was actually working, which is why I think a lot of people backed it for the Premier League. But mm. a few years down the drain, well, it's obviously not working, and um, it's uh, I think the ma the majority of people who listen to this podcast and listening to us talk now will be agreeing with us that uh, it just seems to be a complete waste of time for, unless you, you support one of the top six teams, then um, I'm sure they're very happy with the results that they're getting for it. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, uh, moving yeah. on. As you moving said, we, as you said earlier, we should be five points clear in the table or five points better off. But unfortunately, as it stands, that's not quite the case at the minute, which is unfortunate. Um, as it stands, we are currently on 19 points, uh, not 19 points, we are 19th place with three points. Sheffield United are 
two points below us on one. Fulham are above us in 18th with four points. And then Burnley are above us in 17th uh, with five points. And then just above them is Brighton with nine. Yeah. Yeah, so it's still very close. Still all to play for. Lots of points left to play for. I'm sure that we're going to start seeing um, um, some more points come our way in, in the very near future. I'm definitely confident of that from the, the last, certainly the last couple of performances that Albion have played. Yeah. And so um, I do really do expect to see an improvement in our league position over the next two to three weeks. Um, so, like I say, we've got Fulham above us on four points. And um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this pans out um, over the Christmas period. Yeah, definitely. I think as well, we haven't had the best of luck in terms of the opening nine games we've we've played a lot of the top the traditional top six and very good clubs as well and the only game that we should have definitely performed a lot better in is the Fulham one so I think as a whole yeah. we've started the season probably a little bit better than expected because I don't think anyone would have expected us well from what I saw at the start of the season of people giving their predictions and stuff everyone was expecting us to be on zero points whereas we've we almost beat Chelsea should have got a result against United should have obviously done a bit better against Fulham, but I think we've got the we've had one of the hardest starts, especially for the bottom side of the table. We've Definitely. had the worst start, and we've got a nice sort of run of fixtures now, where we've got a lot more winnable games coming our way. In our next game, we're playing Sheffield. After that, we're playing Crystal Palace. After that, we're playing Newcastle, and then we've got a difficult game against Manchester. And then after that, we've got Villa, and who knows what will happen in a derby. So, absolutely, and uh, looking at um, Fulham, who are one point above us, their next few matches being Leicester City away, Manchester City away, mm-hmm. and Liverpool at home. So, I can't see Fulham picking too many p- points up over the next three three weeks from from their set of fixtures. So. This would be a really good opportunity for Albion to start getting um, a couple of wins um, under our belt and um, it would make the league table look a little bit more pleasing on the eye. Uh, Despite the performances, obviously, that we've been putting in, um, it's points that matter and it's points that keep us in the league. So with with that, with Fulham, that's Fulham's next three matches. Yeah. Um, Burnley have got a very difficult run as well they've got Manchester City in their next game and then they've got Everton and then Arsenal I mean Arsenal you never know what's going to happen you could thrash them you could get thrashed by them but That's they've right. got very difficult three games I mean Everton demol- well after our the red card they demolished us so yeah. that That's could right. be a very difficult game and Manchester City definitely won't be a, an easy one for them so who knows? We could be two. We could be two places higher in the space of two weeks. We certainly could be. And also looking at our next opponent, Sheffield United, uh, we know that we've got them. Their next matches against us, um, crucial, crucial. What dare I say? To six pointer already in the season. Mm. Um, but then their next three fixtures are Leicester City, 
Southampton, who are having a brilliant season at this moment in time. Yeah. And then Manchester United. So again, a very, very tough three or four weeks in front of Sheffield United. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure that they'll be looking to um, try and get whatever points they can from from us on, on Saturday evening. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we'll talk about Sheffield United a bit later on in our podcast, but there that's a league table and that's what our, our rivals uh, are facing over the next three weeks. Um, so... Yeah, cool. So, as I said, we'll put a, a pause on the talking of the table for now, and we're going to continue our mini series on our West Brom Ultimate Eleven. Uh, just to go over who we've already got in our Ultimate Eleven, if I can get the notes out. Um, so, so far in goal, we've got Ben Foster, the cycling goalkeeper who now plays for Watford. Uh, we've got Brendan Batson, um, Darren Moore. Gareth McCauley and Chris Brunt. In midfield, we've got Laurie Cunningham, uh, uh, the Bomber Brown, uh, not the singer, but James Morrison in midfield, and Zoltan Gira, one of my favourite players of all time. And then, so we've got two more spaces in the 11, and those are going to be our strikers. So, Dad, have you got any anyone you, in your head? Oh, I've got a few names, Josh. As you know, Albion, we've had, um, we've been notorious for having superb strikers over the years. Um, obviously, we've had some turkeys as well, and um, so we won't mention them <laughs> as much. But uh, to name just a few of the strikers in recent history, um, to, to give them a mention, um, obviously, we've got, we had Carney, um, amazing skill and ability who was with us for what just over a season and a half before we, we sold him to Portsmouth. Um, a few people remember the the fall in Lee Hughes. Um, he was an incredible uh, striker, local lad. Uh, I think he was a roofer turned uh, professional footballer. Uh, Called hero at the Hawthorns until um, his fall from grace. Um, everyone, of course, remembers Rondon, Odom yep. Wingy. Uh, we had Dwight Gale and Rodriguez play for us, who uh, scored so many goals for fun uh, during their times with us. Uh, Robbie Earnshaw, um, he was another fan's favourite. Little Welshman. Um, yeah, I believe he was our striker when I first started taking you to the games. Uh, Jeff Horsfield. Obviously, most memorable goal coming on scoring with his first touch against Portsmouth um, in that famous uh, Great Escape, uh, you know. Um, so there's there's many many names we could mention and select from uh, to choose for uh, two strikers to to be in 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 the eleven. And I've probably missed a few that other people are shouting at us now. Names, yeah. um, you know, Andy Hunt um, was. Uh, one of my favourites as well. Unfortunately, we sold him to Tartan Athletic and then he retired from football at a very early age through ill health, unfortunately. Um, then we've got the likes of Ronnie Allen, um, again, in the, in, a, in the previous era, to 
since before I started following the Albion, but very, very well documented. He was a superb striker for for the Albion. And um, and do you want to continue with the rest of the list? Yeah. Um, so obviously, the people that you may be screaming and shouting at us about right about now could be these next four that we've sort of narrowed it down to our favourite. Um, so for contention for the ultimate eleven. We have got, um, where is it? We've got the King, Jeff Astle, um, the late Cyril Regis. And then we've got two super players, Super Kevin Phillips and Super Bobby Taylor. So it's going yeah. to be very hard narrowing that down to two. And But I think... Yeah, yeah, uh, I totally agree. Uh, Ronnie Allen, again to a lot of fans would be their first choice. Um, for me, out of those last five that we spoke about, uh, it's a very, very tough, very, very difficult decision. This is just a very, very difficult decision. For me, it comes down to Super Bob, Super Kev, Jeff Hassel, the King, and uh, Cyril Regis to be up front. So, um, uh, it's, it's who we choose out of those four, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, well, I think yeah. I think to make it a bit easier on ourselves, we'll put Super Kev on the bench. Um, obviously, I think most of his well, like what he's most famous for being the Premier League top goal scorer was with Sunderland. Um, but obviously, yeah. when he was with us, he got us promoted, won the yeah. championship with us, and he did he scored he did score quite a lot of goals for us. But I think yeah. In terms of I'm legend up. status, Sunderland sort of have that maybe one on one up. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you, but I must say this that when I got news of Kevin Phillips signing for the Albion and for when he played for Sunderland, um, myself and your your um, your granddad Pete were saying to ourselves, "Why don't we go out and sign Kevin Phillips at, at that time?" You know, and Albion never did. Um, so we joined, Kevin Phillips joined us quite late on in his career. So I think I agree with you, Kevin Phillips on the bench. Hmm. Um, so that leaves Super Bob, the King, and uh, Civil Regis. Yeah. So, but who are we going to choose out of those three? I don't know. I'm sort of regretting choo- choosing to do this Ultimate 11 now because it's proven to be super difficult. But I think. The King is going in for me. Um, obviously, I never got to watch him play. I don't know too much about his play style, but from what I can tell, he was an absolute monster up front, especially with his head. He um, He's the only player so far, and hopefully the only player for a while, to score in every, every round of the FA Cup. And he also won us the FA Cup, scoring the only goal in the final. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think uh, I think you're absolutely right. Um, Jeff's um, servanthood alone to the football club, uh, his goals, his appearances. He was passionate about West Bromwich Albion. I did have the pleasure of meeting him uh, personally on a couple of occasions. He was a perfect gentleman, and um, he's an absolute cult and boyhood hero. Um, watching all of the nostalgia footage that you can see of, of him play on YouTube and, uh, and there's no other player who knew him 
has got a bad word to say against him. He was a model professional, and so he's got to be um, our first choice out of the, the strikers, as far as I'm concerned. I yeah. agree. Yeah. So now we've got so, the hard task of Cyril or Super. Mm, now this is a very, very difficult decision again yeah. because Super Bob um, came to the came to the Albion when we was really, really struggling, and um, he instantly became from the very, very first game he, he ever played for us became a fan's favourite. He uh, he loves the club. Um, he's, he scored so many wonderful goals for us. Um, of course, he, he scored the goal against Crystal Palace um, when we beat them 2-0 to get promoted the first time. I know Darren Moore scored as well in that game, but um, uh, it was when Super Bob scored, you know, oh, it was just, the scenes were incredible. Um, it was it was it was as if we'd won the FA Cup. It, the, the, it was so emotional. It was, and it couldn't have happened. The winning goal, um, you know, when when we beat Port Vale in the playoff final, um, and unfortunately Bob Taylor didn't score in either of the semi-final or the final um, of of those playoffs in that season. And I think during the course of the season, he'd, he'd scored nearly thirty odd goals. Mm. Uh, and for him not to have scored in those playoffs, you know, but then actually scored the goal that virtually secured us promotion back into the Premier League. Um, it was just, it was stuff of dreams. It yeah. really was. It was It was absolutely amazing. And I absolutely love him. He is one of my, he's probably is my all-time. It's favourite Super Bob. You know, yeah. um, absolutely love him to bits. I can't tell you how much. Yeah. Um, but then, then on the other hand, we've got the likes of Cyril Regis, who is an absolute pioneer. Um, just, just absolutely amazing. You know, and uh, I think what tips the balance for me is that um, Cyril Regis scored the majority of his goals in the in the top flight. Yeah. I was super Bob for all the goals he scored and, and all the games he played for us was in the lower division. So if we take that into account and um, you look at Cyril Regis's goal scoring ability, his physical strength, his, his, his presence on the field, you know, he, he was, um, and not only that, if we, if we touch on to the um, racial abuse that he had to tolerate while he was playing football, yeah, um, from opposing fans, uh, from even from dare I say, from some of the home supporters as well, you know, I mean, to be able to keep your call cool under those circumstances and play football and prove people wrong, that mm. uh, I think Big Silvery just gets a nod over Super Bob. Yeah, for me, I have to agree with you. I think, I think. Cyril Regis, obviously most of his goals were in the top flight and he went on to play for England, went on to play for other top clubs as well. Um, and he, obviously with all of um, his racial abuse, he, if it wasn't for him playing, there may not be the likes of players like Sterling, Rashford. He was a real pioneer in like 
for today's modern game. Um, I think he's was a hero to many, not just West Brom fans as well. Um, Absolutely. So I think he's he he's got the the final spot, but it leaves us with two very good super subs. If we have got super Bob and Super Kev. That sounds like a good bench to me, Josh. I've been Super Bob and Super Kev Phillips um, warming the bench up. Yeah. Um, and, um, I mean, what a strike partnership that would be. Jeff Assel and Cyril Regis up front. I mean, it'd be the stuff of dreams, wouldn't it, really? Yeah. Well, hopefully, Callum Robinson and Carlin Grant can be the reincarnation. Well, that would be fantastic, wouldn't it, to see this season? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, but for the minute, we're still playing one up top, so I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. But no, it's good. It's been fun to do. So, um, um, yeah. if you disagree with um, what we've said, um, get in touch with us at www.facebook.com forward slash talk Albion. Um, we'd love to know who your favourite players are, who you'd swap out for the team. I think we've got the attack nailed in the midfield. Maybe spot on. Of course, we've put in the personal favourite Zoltan Gear in there, but you might have someone else you'd like to go in. So do get in touch with us. Um, before we go, though, we'll, we'd like to talk about our next fixture, which we've already mentioned is Sheffield United. Uh, so, now, what are you expecting from this game? Uh, nothing else but a 2 0 win to the Albion. <laughs> nothing less. Brilliant. Well, I'm expecting a lot less red cards than last time, or the, the last time we played them. I'm not sure if it was the exact last time, but one of the last times we played them. Hopefully, it's not a battle of the Hawthorns to rival the Battle of Bramall Lane. You're uh, referring to 2002, aren't you? In the in the Battle of Bramall Lane, when uh, um, the the game was uh, abandoned due mm-hmm. to um, sendings off, and um, I accused uh, fake injuries uh, by Neil Warnock and uh, Gary Megson. I mean, yeah. wow, what a, what a match that was between the two teams. It was, yeah. um, it's mad to think that it was so, it was 18 years ago that was, and it still seems like yesterday to myself. Yeah, I was only two at the time. I didn't even know how to say the words West Brom. <laughs> so. Yeah, what what a, what a crazy! Maybe we should uh, post up some highlights of that match tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and uh, remind but, ourselves what a it, crazy. To be honest, I won't mind the outcome if it does happen though, because we'll get a three 0 win, and Sheffield will be a lot weaker. <laughs> so, well, I think what many people um, didn't realise about the importance of that match was at the time was that. Um, it, it, because the match was abandoned, Albion wasn't awarded the three points until much later on in the season. Um, and at the time, Wolves were leading the, the championship table. They were virtually walking away with it, to be honest. And um, then Albion, after that match, went on a six-match unbeaten run, um, winning five of those back-to-back until we drew with Rotherham United and then we faced Bradford City, um, where the infamous Igor Ballas's uh, penalty took place. Mm. And then uh, at that point, the three points for the Sheffield United match still wasn't awarded to the Albion. And West Brom were um, about six points behind Wolves, who were then in second place in the league table, mm. with Albion in third. 
so when Albion won away at, at, um, at Bradford with the Igor Ballas penalty, um, we then was awarded another three points for the and three got a three nil win against Sheffield United, um, which seen Albion leapfrog Wolves into second place, and um, because Wolves had gone on a six match um, run where they didn't win, um, so literally from Wolves having a ten or eleven point lead over Albion. Um, it all came down to um, the last game of the season where it was it was up to Albion. We had to beat Crystal Palace. And um, if we didn't, Wolves needed to win and they would have uh, got promoted instead of, instead of ourselves. And, of course, we all know what happened on that day. Yep. Up, steps, yep. up steps Darren Moore and up steps Bob Taylor. We beat them 2-0. And it just sparked frenzy across the um, across the Albion scenes. Scenes I'll never ever forget. Yeah, and um, it was uh, it was just an amazing roller coaster. Um, but those three points against that match against Sheffield United in the Battle of Bramall Lane um, proved vitally important. I mean, we, we was winning the match three 0 anyway when the match got abandoned, and it was the right call. Um, mm. Having been so far behind Wolves, um, of course, one of our greatest rivals in the West Midlands, to, to pull back that 11-point lead, it was just, it was just incredible. It was, it was amazing. Yeah, it really. So, well, it sounds like it sounds like we've had too many seasons where it's gone right to the last game. If we take last season into account as well, that's right. so yeah, yeah. Hope, hopefully. This season will go a lot better than those seasons, and we'll, we'll have at least two games where we're safe. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, the visit to Sheff- of Sheffield United brings back one of Albion's uh, former players in the name of Oliver Burke. He um, had a bit of a, what can I say, tainted career at West Brom. Uh, never really for one of the record signings that we that we had. Never really shone. Never, I don't think he was ever given. The opportunity to be honest um you know so if he is selected against uh, for sheffield united to play against us he's probably one to watch for sheffield united um <laughs> but equally uh, we've got the former blades player callum robinson who's likely to start so he'll be one to watch as well i'm sure he'd love to grab a goal against his former co-workers yeah and um, he'll be one to watch as well so i would um Definitely bank on um, Callum Robinson um, wanting to prove a point um, on Saturday evening. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us this evening. This sort of concludes this episode. Um, there was a bit of a dodgy bit in the middle, so hopefully we do have the full episode for you this week. Um, but thank you very much for tuning in. Don't forget to check out uh, Talk Albion on Facebook. And why not listen to one of our previous episodes as well? Um, yeah. And uh, thank you all for our new subscribers. Um, we've seen a big increase over the last couple of weeks. I think we're up to about 147 um, followers at this moment in time. So a big thank you to you. We do hope we keep you entertained during this lockdown period. Like I say, it is for just a little bit of fun. Let's talk about the album. 
and uh, we've all got something in common. Uh, we are one family. We support the one team. We are Albion. Let's hope for three points tomorrow against Sheffield United.